0: Church is about community. Church is about family. The story that we saw here today tells us about the way that God wanted to make humanity family with him. He existed before all creation. The Bible says that by him, all things have been created. By his word, by the word of God, Everything has been created. He spoke it and it became. And He tells us that that word, that word of God took upon himself human flesh. And to do that, what the children showed us today is the story of Christmas. To do that, God in himself, by his own strength, By his own desire, by his own ability, stepped into the human story. The angel told Mary that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, Mary. And when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, she became what was impossible and is still impossible for us humans. She, a virgin, became pregnant you know that's such a weird extraordinary unordinary situation that a woman who has never been with a man would be pregnant and it's so weird that it just doesn't fit in our imagination we can't imagine what this young girl and she was young she wasn't what we see sometimes in the paintings of you know, a 20, 30-year-old girl. She was probably 14 or 15 or 16 because that's when girls at that time in history in Israel would get married. So she was a teenager. Can you imagine a teenager coming home and telling her parents she's pregnant and that she hasn't been with anybody? If they would believe her, if society would believe her, the pressures that she would be under by her own Family, by her fiancé. No, he wasn't a fiancé. He was betrothed to her. That was a legal thing in Israel at the time. When a couple would be betrothed, they, that they would have to sign documents. I know in, in some cultures, when a wedding takes place, even in our culture here, in Canada, in Ontario, when a couple get married, they have to sign documents. There's witnesses to it. That's at the wedding. But in Israel, betrothal That would happen one year before the wedding. They would sign all the paperwork that Mary and Joseph are now betrothed. And now she's pregnant. And what husband would want to marry what he thought was a virgin who's now not a virgin and let alone not a virgin, but pregnant with somebody else's child? But it wasn't somebody else. It was God himself who stepped into human history because he wants to make us His family. He wants to unite God, deity, supernatural, with the natural, the dying, the sinful, to make us redeemed, purchased. You know, when you get a coupon in the mail that says Swiss Chalet offers you Two can dine for 19 Is it 29 now? Is it 39 I don't know. The price keeps going up. Two can dine for whatever. You can't do anything with that coupon. There's no chicken on your table. There's that piece of paper until you redeem that paper. That's what God did with us. We were sinful like a piece of paper that says someday they can be made holy. And then Jesus comes, dies on the cross so that now we can be redeemed bought back, brought into the family with God. So Joseph and Mary get married. They have the baby Jesus. You heard the story. Herod was really upset. He killed all the children that were two years and under in the region. But Jesus grew up. He was sinless. And they kept on asking the question, Mary kept on asking the question here on the stage do you believe we heard the song Mary did you know you know every time I hear that song I want to shout out yeah she knew she knew she knew because the scripture tells us that she kept it in her heart she kept it she knew She was going to be giving birth, like the angel told her, to the Son of God. You know, some people say that God is not man, that he would have a son. And it's difficult for people to understand what it means to be the Son of God. Don't think of a father and son like me and Aaron or you and your dad or whoever in that way. Think of it it from this perspective. God is eternal. He is one God. He is not three people that we call three gods. He is one God, but he expresses himself to us in different ways. If that helps you understand it. He expresses himself to us as a father. And that's why we call him Father God. But he also came in and took flesh. And he has an expression, a personality, a person of the son and that helps us understand the dynamic between fathers and children sometimes we have trouble people have trouble relating to God as a father because they didn't have a good father at home or their father abandoned the family or the father was abusive or the father was too good and they can't imagine that God would be like that because they've been told God is righteous father that's too good would overlook all kinds of things at home but God never overlooks anything. And they're right. God never overlooks anything. But the sins that you and I commit, God the Father can overlook. He can be like a sugar daddy in a way. That's a very bad analogy. But he can be like a, a father who just gives it all nothing. No, it doesn't matter. You you broke the law, it doesn't matter. Because of one thing only. Not because it doesn't matter. But because it mattered so much that he himself came in the person of the son. Took upon himself flesh. And came on earth. And lived in a family with Mary and Joseph. And was perfect in all his ways. And then he went to the cross and he died. And that's why your sin no longer stands before God as something he can be ruling against you on because it does matter it matters so much that you and i sin that god can't stand that sin that he himself came in the person of jesus the son to die for our sins so that we can be restored and be part of the family of god because otherwise there's no way to be restored There is no way for humanity to come into the presence of God because our sin is so evil and wicked that God doesn't want to see it. Scripture says that there is no salvation without the shedding of blood. There's no redemption without the shedding of blood. If that was the case and there was no Jesus, that is the case. And that's why we have sacrifices in so many faiths. We offer God a lamb and we kill it. We offer God a cow and we kill it. We offer God some pigeons and we kill them. But that's not enough. Because that doesn't cover our own sin. For God to be really righteous, and he is, he would have to kill all of us. Because all of us are sinners. But that's the beauty of the Christmas story. He sent his son so that he would die on our behalf. So that all of us, by believing in Him, can be saved and have eternal life. You've seen it at hockey games, at football games, and different sporting events, people holding up a plaque that says John 3.16. How many have seen that? John 3.16. It's a Bible verse in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16, and it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's the Christmas story that he gave. He loved us so much. He didn't want to leave us in our sinfulness. But he gave himself, his son, himself, to come and die for us so that we would be redeemed and restored and now have fellowship with him. You know what the Bible calls those people that believe? And John, he says that he gave authority to all those who believe to become children of God. So when Mary is asking the narrator, do you believe? And the narrator at the end of the story says, yeah, I think I believe. That step of going from I don't know or I don't believe to I don't know Yes, I believe that journey is a journey of adoption, where now that person has been adopted into the family of God. Whoever believes is given the authority to be a child of God. In a natural sense, because we're all children of Adam. I love the Arabic. The name for human in Arabic is Bani Adam. The son of Adam. Right? I suspect it's like that in some other cultures or some other languages as well. And Persian too, I'm sure. Adam, right? And you know what Adam means? It's not just the name of that man. It means earth, dirt, The dirt of the earth, not just like dirty, but like dirt that you plant in. It means earth. That means that you and I are sons of the earth. You and I are the children of the planet. And that's why in some mindsets, we have to worship nature. That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that we only worship one God, who is the creator of all nature. So we we are children of the earth. And that's why at the funerals, the person officiating says, from dust to dust. And then we take some soil and we throw it on top of the casket. These are all related things. They're not just like, oh, a religious thing we do at the death burial time. But we're testifying. Our actions testify. What we have today in our modernness forgotten Some of these historic things that have remained with us as symbols remain. So we are children of Adam. We're part of the human family. But Adam himself turned his back on God and sinned. And we as children of Adam continue to walk in that same way. And God wants to now bring us back to his family. The Bible says that there is two Adams, the first Adam who sinned and turned against God and the second Adam, Christ, who is perfect, who is now a new creation. Behold, all things are new. So when the narrator believes and says, yeah, I believe, something changes in the supernatural, something changes in this person's heart. And many of you here have had that testimony where you have made a decision to believe in Jesus and your heart has been changed. God takes out your dead spirit and brings you a new living spirit. And he wants to do the same with you today if you have never done that before. He wants to come into your life so that you don't just believe in a Christmas story or sing the Christmas carols. But he wants there to be a transformation in your life today like what happened with this narrator. He wants your life to be changed. He wants you to be his child. Not just Benny Adam, but Benny Rab, Benny God, the son of God. Is God human that he would have children? No, he's not. He's not human. He's superhuman. He's supernatural. He is eternal. But he wants to adopt you and make you part of that. It's not that God is human that he would have children. It's that God is superhuman and he wants superhuman children. And he wants to adopt you into that new family. And today is your opportunity. You didn't just come here by chance. We've been praying for you. We've been praying for this day. The children have been praying that this day would be a life-changing day. Not just a cute play that they would do. They want this to be a transformational day for you in your life. The children were asking, do you believe? I think in your heart, you're hearing the same question. So let's just take a moment and quiet our hearts and ask the Lord to speak. So in the name of Jesus, I take authority over all spiritual chatter now in the name of Jesus that there isn't any other voice in the atmosphere, any other voice, but the voice of God himself speaking to you. No angels, no demons, not even yourself, but that you would hear a voice, that you would know that this is the voice of God, my creator. In Arabic, we call him Allah. In Farsi, you call him Khoda. In English, we call him God. In Armenian, we call him Astvads. Let him speak to you. In Arabic, we have a different name for him. We call him Rab, which means the Lord. In Farsi, you also have Allah. But I want you to hear Khoda today. Because Allah has become a very mixed thing. Let Chodah speak to you today. Let Rab speak to you today. Let God speak to you today. Open your heart and listen. Let's just take a moment and be quiet and just listen to the voice of God. You who is called the word. You are able to speak. You are able to touch hearts. You want to see changes in our lives. So if you heard the voice of God today, please don't leave. As the end of the service comes, and we all start making noise and do everything that we do. I'm going to be standing here in the front. I invite you to come and see me. I want to pray with you. I want to assure you that God heard your cry and that he is calling you by name today. What you heard in that quiet moment is his love. What you felt in the worship and in the in the music and in the singing in the play is actually God reaching out to you telling you I love you by name and for the rest of us who have had that decision many years ago we have made it where are you today you know Jesus said that that he would leave the 99 and go after the one. Are you that one? Are you that one sheep that has wandered away, gotten themselves messed up and dirty and messy? He's here today for you as well. He's asking you, come back to me. One of our favorite psalms, is the 23rd Psalm. Do you know it? Do you know what it says? The 23rd Psalm? The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. It's such a beautiful song. The Lord is my shepherd. And then the next verse in the King James is, I shall not want. Another way of saying that is that I will lack for nothing. Where are you today? What are you lacking? And be real, we do lack things. Are you lacking a heart's desire that you've been longing for something and it hasn't happened? Have you been longing for a a new job and it just hasn't happened? A new husband? Uh, Well, a husband. (laughs) If you're married, don't go longing for a new husband. (laughs) He agrees. (laughs) Are you longing for health? For healing? He wants to give you that today. Whatever your situation, the Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. So let's, all of us, whether you are a believer or not yet a believer, open your hands right now. Okay, be quiet. (laughs) Open your hands like this, like you're ready to receive something. You can do it physically, but more importantly, because some people do it physically, but their hearts are closed. Whether you do it physically or not, have your hearts open. And say to him, Lord, you know my heart's desire. I want to align that heart's desire with your desire. And Lord, give me today your heart's desire in my life. It is your desire that I walk in healing, heal my body. It is your desire that I lack for nothing, provide for me. All these other areas, Lord, that I have need, I am confident that you will meet my need. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Be sure he heard you today. Be sure he is not deaf. He hears. You know why I know that? Because number one, his Bible, his word tells us that. But because he testifies in your spirit that he heard you. You know in your heart that you're not just speaking into the air into the atmosphere into the universe you're speaking to a person who hears who responds and he he knows how to meet your every need Aaron do we have a closing song no okay I just want to tell you one thing. I'm not sure what that means, but thank you. (laughs) Aaron's giving me hand signals from back in the uh, the sound booth, and it's difficult for me to interpret them. Other than I think I I have to throw a strike right now, right? Do you agree with me, umpire? Where are you? (laughs) It sounds looks like a baseball game. Uh, The Lord is good. He wants to adopt you into his family. He wants you to be a healthy, mature child who grows up to be a son or a daughter, not just a little baby. You know what happened when Jesus grew up and turned 30? John, his cousin's, Mary's cousin's son, John, remember? I read something today that was really interesting. The first person that reacted to the presence of Jesus was an unborn fetus or an unborn baby. That was really interesting. I found that very cute. Anyway, he wants to tell us something. You know what happened when he grew up? God didn't say this until he grew up. When he was 30, he went to the Jordan River, And John the Baptist was there baptizing people, telling them to repent for the kingdom of God is near. And Jesus comes and says, John, baptize me. And you know what happened at that point? Heaven's opened. A dove came down and landed just above Jesus' head. And the voice of the Father spoke these words. Behold, this is my beloved son, Hear him. Hear his words. Hear him. Those words still ring true today. Behold, this baby that was born grew up. He didn't remain a baby. I don't know why we never celebrate his 30th birthday. We celebrate his birth, and then we celebrate his death and resurrection. But when he turned 30, he was a mature son. And that's what God's desire is for every one of us. That we no longer remain babes, but that we mature. Okay, so I've got three minutes and we're going to wrap up the service. But let me tell you this for you to mature, you cannot do it on your own, you have to do it in a family. Jesus was with his family till the age of maturity. He grew up with Mary and Joseph. So, before you leave today, I'm going to be standing here with, for you who have made the decision to come and talk to me. Ara is going to be around for those of you who want to mature. Because you have to do it in a family. You have to go see Ara. Okay? Ara, stand up. Everybody notice who Ara is? You know who Ara is? Okay. Ara heads up our small group ministry. And you may think small groups are only going to be meeting in homes at different parts of the city. We're going to do whatever it takes to make sure you're connected and plugged into a small group. Whether that's online, whether that's in person, whatever the thing is, we're going to make sure that you have the opportunity to grow with other believers so that you can reach your full maturity. Why? Why? Because when you're alone, your circumstances are just your own. But when you're in a group, that's when it gets dirty and messy and ugly. Because you step on each other's toes and you pop each other's zits. You see that ugly picture? Yeah, because there's stuff inside that needs to come out and it won't come out when you're alone. You'll need others to help you pop those things out. So I encourage you. I really encourage you. Get plugged into a small group. It will work out in terms of timing. We will work it, make sure that it works out. Okay? So, Hoodie, where are you? Thank you for your service today. It was amazing. Katya, thank you for your help today. Laura and Patrick, you guys have been amazing. You've done a great job. Maral I know you have worked hard with the children as well. And where is Sammy? And uh, Pat, I mentioned, and Joshua, where are, there you go. Okay, I see you, yeah, you're a stargazer. All right, wonderful. Who else did I miss? I know that there's many others that have served. Salpi, yeah, I know, here you go, here you go. All right. Let's all stand. (laughs) Father, we want to thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you for the ability to celebrate Christmas in such a free way that we can get together and just declare without any restrictions that you are God and that you are good and that you have sent your Son for us. Father, I pray for every person here, every person online, that we can all come to the knowing, knowing and believing that Jesus is born today. Not today, today, but like he was born and he lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are alive. I thank you that you are faithful. And I ask, Lord, that every one of us in this room and everyone online would have the assurance today that we have been adopted into your family. I thank you. I bless you. And Lord, as we celebrate may we keep focus of what sacrifice you have done for our sake we bless you Jesus and we thank you now may the peace of God be with you as you leave here today I'm so happy that the streets have been cleared all of that has been you know turned into basically a a storm that wasn't as bad as what we had heard it was going to be so may all the storms that are forecast over your life be turned to nothing May you come safely to your harbors. May you end up where you're supposed to be safely. And may you continue your journey in the grace of God, in the faithfulness of your walk with Him, that may He, may, may he shine His face on you all the days of your life. May you experience that shine. And may you have peace. God bless you. Merry Christmas. We'll, see, we'll be back here next Sunday as we celebrate 2023. Hopefully, we'll see you then.